Money, a podcast network that understands the assignment. The Alive Podcast Network has launched the world's first content distribution app tailored by and for podcasters and listeners of color. Subscribers will enjoy a wide variety of shows ranging from spiritual to comedic to inspirational. Podcasters can house their content and merch in one spot and monetize from a central location. Visit AlivePodcastNetwork.com coming soon to iOS and Android. Sign up today to get a six-month subscription for $20. You can thank me later. You're listening to Deeply Rooted with Dr. Kratisa, where we encourage you not only to just wash your hair on wash day, but check your soul. Living in America with natural hair is a unique experience. We should be discussing it and giving witness to our own vulnerable and sometimes hilarious stories, hair stories that encompass much more than just how we style it. Everyone's hair journey is different. Everyone's hair is different. This is a safe space for Black voices. On today's episode, I interview Scarlett Rocourt, an award-winning entrepreneur and owner of Wonder Curl, an indie hair care line for all hair types. Wonder Curl, as well as Scarlett's entrepreneurial commentary, has appeared in Teen Vogue, BBC, Forbes, Essence, Black Enterprise, and more. Also, She's a member of the 2022 Sephora Accelerate. So keep an eye out for her Sephora product launch. Today though, we're gonna discuss how her hair journey led to the creation of her own hair care line and started some of the healthiest living she's experienced across her life. Everyone join me in welcoming to the show, Scarlett Lincourt. Hi there, thanks for having me. How are you doing today? I'm good. You know, I was in Florida for the last couple of months of 2021. So I'm readjusting to the cold weather. Yes. Okay. How was Florida? It was nice because my family, I'm from New Jersey, which is where I live now. And my family, most of them migrated to Florida 20 years ago. So it's just nice because that's the only time I really get to spend time with my family so I get Mm -hmm. to and this is a nice thing about being an entrepreneur is that I don't have to be tethered to one place and so I get to spend an extended time with them which is always just yeah yeah we're very close family so it's nice good well now that you've been back up here for a few weeks um this like bipolar weather cold one day warm another day like (laughs) I don't know if you're having a hard time regulating your house, but uh, our heat is like all the way up and down, but we are regardless, happy to have you back up north. I'm, you know, of course, in up north as well. Um, So tell me, you said, I said award winning, but I don't really know the award. What can you tell me a little bit more about the award that you won? I think it's an entrepreneurship award. It, it, you know, it was kind of like an exciting, well, yes, exciting moment. But it was one of those where I imagined it and wanted it to happen. So essentially, it's through doing market research with um, Seton Hall University. Mm. And um, so they have a program where their uh, master's class can do, um, they work with real businesses mm. and help us with real life market research problems. So I went to them at one time a few years ago where I was rebranding, but I didn't know quite what direction I wanted to go in. So we did focus groups and surveys 
and they work with different companies, local companies. And through that, in my interaction with the students, I was one of the businesses they chose to win an award for excellence um, with working with their students. And it was really exciting. I was so happy. But in the beginning, I was like, I'm going to be one of those award winners. Yes, yes. Put it into the world. Speak it into existence. Yes, yes living the dream. Exactly. I love that. Oh, I also wanted to add, um, I don't know if I told you this, but um, I am also Sephora's 2022 Accelerate um, Founders. So I will be working with Sephora starting uh, tomorrow. <laughs> Congratulations. Congratulations on that. Thank so these you. are, this is like years in the making of like, you know, one career position in your life kind of leading into another and you sounds like you're really building on it, making the most of it. Yes, it's, you know, it's one of those things I know for anyone who is thinking of starting a business or if you're in that business and you're feeling stuck because we all have been there. I feel like mm -hmm. you have been when you were deciding if you want to continue with the podcast. Yeah. But like you said, the universe will send you signals. And when I first started Wonder Curl, Sephora was on the top, top, the tippity top of my list. And that was 11 years ago. And wow. I just had like, nothing could stop me from reaching that goal. Uh. Well, I hope that people out there, entrepreneurs out there are hearing this because it's very inspiring. Um, and like just having other women, educated, strong, mm -hmm. you know, ambitious women out there in the world. I'm just happy to see like-minded women. And also for you to show people what it looks like to be successful and share the roadmap for those who come out, who come after you. Definitely. It's all about giving back. Okay, tell me about the first hairstyle that you longed for. What was it? I mean, I was brainwashed like everyone else, where I just believed once my hair was relaxed, it would mm -hmm. be straight, it would flow, it would look like the hair commercials. Mm -hmm. And I was really sad and disappointed. Um, I didn't realize the true texture of my hair. And even back then, there was no blueprint. Yeah. There was nowhere for us to go to. So I didn't realize like I had this thick, coarse hair mm -hmm. and it wasn't going to look like the straight hair, blonde people that you see on TV. So I was a little sad about that. But um, once I discovered the flat iron, <laughs> it was it was over. <laughs> Life changing. It was it was. But good and bad, because with the flat iron came the heat damage. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm still traumatized from heat damage. You yes. say heat damage and I am like, I have flashbacks, guys. Yeah. So in season two, I was talking about getting married and getting my hair done. And I longed for mm. all of the hairstyles that I longed for were from Africa. Like I needed to fly to Africa to get my hair done and come back to, to oh, like wow. my wedding. <laughs> because no one in America was doing the styles. Well, anyway, I let it go too long before I found a hairstylist and I ended up 
getting someone who was not specializing in my type of hair. And so the decisions mm. that they made to get my hair to look a certain way were not the, the methods that I would have chosen for myself. And so, but it wasn't their fault. I totally found somebody who was like outside of the natural hair, hair realm or world. So mm-hmm. pl- proper planning people, please be careful with that. hundred <laughs> percent. So when you found the flat iron, did you, were you efficient with it in the beginning or did you, did did you have a learning curve with using it? Did anybody teach you how to use the flat iron? So, well, let me back up a little bit because I, I didn't start using a flat iron till after my hair, I went back to natural. So while my hair was relaxed, I was only relaxed actually from the age of 13 till the end of college was, you know, 21. Okay. And during that time, and I'm going to age myself because there was no flat iron. Flat irons were not (laughs) invented yet. mm -hmm. (laughs) At least. Right. Well, yeah, there was the big giant curling irons that we had to use. And we actually growing up, I have to um, hand it to my mom because we went to the hairstylist and my mother was like, I can do that better. So my mom was in charge of relaxing her hair. Yes. And we, she never over-processed our hair. Mm -hmm. So we always, and we being my sisters and I and my mother, we always had healthy, and I put that in quotes because, you know, obviously once you relax your hair, you are damaging it to get it straight. But it, it looked healthy. We used the, um, we used to sit under the hooded dryer. So we would do the doobies or the roller sets. Mm-hmm. And that was like my introduction to the hooded hair dryer. And it was kind of like um, how we all would dry our hair growing up. And I think we just learned that from look, going to the salon mm-hmm. and then coming home and say, we could do this. We could do this at home. We could save money and we could definitely, because I always, hated the way my hair felt after I came from the salon. Like I would always wash it out and do it over right after. What was the difference? How did you, how could you tell the difference? Um, it always just felt stiff. I never, like I rarely used hairspray growing up or if I did, it wasn't that much. Mm -hmm. So whatever they did it, my hair just never had, it never flowed. It never moved. But when I, yeah, it was always heavy and I think like there is a difference in the way your hair feels when you blow dry it when it's wet versus when you use a rollers to to dry it it's just mm-hmm. smoother it's softer it had more hydration to it and that's what I did growing up with the relaxed hair to keep it straight of course you know if it rained <laughs> it always had to go up in a ponytail because mm-hmm. my hair would frizz no matter what like I always had frizzy hair. It's just my hair's default. (laughs) (laughs) That technique sounds like it really saved a lot of strands, I'm sure. Like, and kept your curl amount, like, Mm -hmm. does that style and that, that technique allow you to keep your curl more regularly, keep your curl still if you want it. Like if you get your hair wet, does it still, does that technique of rolling your hair versus blow drying it allow you to kind of bounce back to curly hair easier or quicker? Yes. Yes, it does. Um, Because 
when I was sitting under the dryer, it was an ambient heat. Mm -hmm. So it took longer, of course. And I think that was like when using a blow dryer always is a faster way to dry your hair. But when, but then it's also, you get excited. So you have it on the high setting and then you're, you have that contact with the, um, the brush constantly on wet hair. But back then it's like, I didn't know that what I was doing was healthy. I just knew that's just what we did. Yeah. That's just how we did our hair. That's just what we were taught. Um, so I didn't realize. So now that I'm way more educated, I understand now that even though I was relaxing my hair, I didn't have heat damage because we were using a hooded dryer. But it was, we would blow dry only after our hair was completely dry and maybe mm. use the flat iron at one pass for whatever bends we had from the um rollers mm -hmm. because I don't know if you roller set your hair but it always comes out with like this big huge <laughs> halo <laughs> of hair it's like too fluffy yeah. so we always wanted to sort of like brush it down and, and okay. straighten it out a little bit but okay. we were we were washing our hair once a week we weren't using excessive um heat products not the curling irons and stuff like that like mm -hmm. not a lot okay so tell me what you love about your hair Ooh, so I, I love that. I love my hair now more than anything because A, it's the healthiest it's ever been. And I say that because I used to always color my hair. I always kept my hair a shade lighter because I felt like my natural color was too dark for my skin tone. I liked it a little bit lighter. And I didn't, again, I didn't realize that coloring my hair made my hair the porosity changed so I always had medium to high porosity hair because of the coloring mm -hmm. and of course as I mentioned at one point I got flat iron happy and I had like severe heat damage from that where my like I have three C curls I say like my full hair story is that I have three C hair it is high density because I have a lot of hair um, the strands are about medium length and my hair is low porosity with some sections of medium porosity. That's like my okay. full hair story. Okay. And I didn't know that till five years ago when I went from a pixie haircut, like I cut off all my hair and I kept it short for several years. Mm -hmm. And then I decided to grow my hair back out. And this time I said, I'm not going to color it because I, I wanted my grays to show and I wanted to go gray gracefully. And I just yeah. didn't want to maintain coloring grays yes it's like so many people have to do because I was like it's just one more thing that I have to think about and I'm lazy I don't want to think about it <laughs> lazy is not the word to describe you please you I saw your LinkedIn lady <laughs> oh. <laughs> well I, I, I'm older than I look <laughs> I've, had, I've had a lot of years to do this but um so, so I had to rediscover my hair and work on it being low porosity. And I looked at my hair one day and I was like, wow, my hair is really healthy. It is the healthiest because it doesn't have the heat. There's no color. You know, I don't use chemicals on my hair. And I was like, wow. And that's when I finally, I think now in my forties, I'm finally appreciating understanding my hair the way that it is and 
understanding how the best way to work with it. And I would say also, since I have had different porosities in my hair, having gone from the medium porosity, I dyed my hair blonde, so then it became high porosity. And now with my true low porosity hair that I can speak to people about their hair because mm-hmm. I've been there and I know like what has worked and what hasn't worked for me. How would someone assess their porosity of their hair? The easiest way is just to get in the shower and wash your hair. I would say first you want to clarify your hair to make sure there's no product buildup on your hair because that product buildup can make your hair appear low porosity. So you want to shampoo all your hair, um, get all that product out and then get it wet and see how long does it take for your hair to actually absorb that moisture. The other thing is when you apply products to your hair, does it just sit on top of your hair? Like if you're putting a cream on your hair, is it still white? Is it just beading on your hair? Do you have to like massage your hair to really get it in? Like for me, and I did this for the first time when I washed my hair last night, I used steam to help me apply my products. Mm. And I was like, this is a game changer. I'm going to have to do a video showing people how I use steam to get my hair to absorb the products into it. Oh yeah. That sounds very interesting. Yeah. And it was a garment steamer, not even an expensive (laughs) product. (laughs) Whatever gets the job done. I like all these techniques. Um, But yes, I think I'm, I think I might have high porosity hair. Like I take in a lot of moisture. um, And if there is a product Mm -hmm. that is supposed to moisturize and form your hair, if I put too much in it, it kind of looks weighed down and like heavy and all of that. So like, um, but my, my hair definitely changed after I had my son. And I, I've um, been talking to a lot of moms, new moms, and they're mm-hmm. trying to learn their hair again. Yeah. And I feel like that's just what's so miraculous about how our hormones, when our hormones change, it regulates our hair. And that's something that I started learning about that like certain sex hormones, like, um, the testosterone regulates hair growth. Mm. And I learned recently through one of um, my followers on Instagram, she's going through menopause. And because of the lower levels of estrogen, her hair is dry. Mm. And I was like, well, that's crazy. (laughs) It's not crazy, but it's like, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's a crazy connection. Yeah. And we wouldn't expect that. And we also don't know much about like our, like our products and how they impact us. And so um, I'm glad that you are sharing the education portion of your story because it's, it's good for everybody to know, like you can do some research on that and um, find for yourself and, you know, be a little scientist with your hair and try to run your little experiments. That's me every week. (laughs) (laughs) Now, did you like go natural? You said you like did a big chop. Were you already natural when you did that big chop? No. So I had been relaxed for, I guess, eight years at that point. And I realized how much I hated getting relaxers. Mm. Um, I love the results of it because it just made it easier for me to work with my hair. But I just hated the process. I hated the smell. I hated how if you overdid it, you might get scabbed. Like I just Mm. everything about it. 
And so I was a senior in college and I read an article in Essence Magazine and the writer, she was a lawyer and she told how she stopped relaxing her hair and everything that like just what she was dealing with, like with her coworkers. And she was saying how it wasn't even the, co the white coworkers, but the black coworkers who yeah. gave her a hard time. And I'm reading this and I was like, wait a minute, I don't have to relax my hair. Like I decided I was going to relax my hair and I spoke to my hairstylist at the time. And so she was like, all right, we're going to transition you for six months. And then after I graduated from college, I went back to her because the stylist was on the college, like near the college campus. Mm -hmm. And um, she chopped it all off. And I went from like chin length bob to like a teeny weeny afro. It, it was the shortest. I had like an inch of hair, literally. <laughs> Tell me how you felt while they were cutting. So what I do remember um, and she had been doing my hair for a couple of years at that point. So she was really good at maintaining it. And um, I went into the salon and I was like, all right, we're going to do it. And it almost felt like everybody saw, I was like, she's getting her hair cut. She's getting her cut. She's getting her cut. <laughs> like the, everyone was just like fascinated about what was about to happen. Cause I don't, I mm. guess I might've been the first person to go natural mm -hmm. in that, in that space. And, um, I took one of my, my friends with me and she was there. And when she was done and I saw all of my little curls for the first time and my girlfriend looked at me and she was like, now I see you. <laughs> and I'm like, this is me. Oh, I'm and I say like, <laughs> <laughs> right. And it was like, I became my authentic self. Cause it was like, I'm not doing this for anybody else, but me. And what was so cool is that when my friends saw me, mm -hmm. they were like, wow. And then I hadn't seen them for a month. And then when I saw them, they had big chops. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works. I love that you like, it sounds like you were liberated by the big chop in a way that really kind of uh, helped yeah. you solidify your identity and who you were. And you said Ray was around 21. That's a pretty you like important time in someone's life it is and like I just graduated college looking for a, a real job and mm -hmm. my family being conservative Caribbean they did not want me to do it they just thought like Scarlett you're not going to find a job like this and um and I did I found lots of jobs and I recognized that I do have, I guess, that texture of hair that would be deemed a little bit more acceptable. And yeah. I also worked in technology. Like at first I worked in fashion and then I worked in technology. So these are less conservative places. Mm -hmm. So my experience being natural in corporate America was not a difficult one like I didn't have a hard time with anyone telling me well your hair doesn't look professional I mean now it's a great time to be a curly girl everybody's yes. loving curls they're embracing their curls even if they don't have any they're making them look like they got them and it's awesome for curls to be finally celebrated it's about time I 100 percent and I I was thinking about this I was like you know 
this is an industry, the natural hair industry that we created. No one else did it. We created it because mm-hmm. we didn't have anything else for us. And they, the the big box brands, the drugstore brands were not giving us the products that we needed for our hair. Mm-hmm. So we had to do it ourselves. And because we black women were embracing our natural hair, it also made it safe for other ethnicities, other races to stop flat ironing their hair and start embracing their curls as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow, when one person stands up. What is your philosophy about going makeup free on social media? I know this is like off topic, but I saw your social media um, Instagram and I love all of the pictures and you are sharing yourself openly and, kind of sharing who you are. Um, and so I love the pictures. There was like a half amount of pictures with makeup, pictures with not makeup. So can you share your opinion about going makeup free on social media? Yeah, I, I used to only wear makeup. Like I used to wear a lot of makeup. And then, and this was even before the pandemic started it, but it just made it even like bigger is I wanted people to see what I look like. I want, I didn't want to portray myself as like this glamorous person because I'm not. Um, I have on this top, but I'm in sweats, <laughs> you know? And so, and I also wanted to normalize, like I have dark circles, you know? My skin at one point, I had terrible, um, cystic acne, which mm-hmm. really de- made me depressed. And I wanted to be able to share that with other people as well. Cause I wanted them to see like, okay, she's not always perfect. And that's the problem with social media is that we're always seeing these images of perfection, people who are filtered. And I was like, I don't want to be that person. If I want to be authentic, I want to come off as someone that you can trust. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I wanted to be honest about that part of me as well. And, and I told you I was lazy. The other thing I'm like, if I wait for me to put on makeup and look glamorous, I'll <laughs> probably never create videos. I love that. Yes. You mentioned, um, you mentioned that the, um, like <laughs> having some moments of depression, would you feel comfortable if I asked you a few more questions about mm-hmm. that? Sure. Yeah. Um, how long did your depressed did your depression last? Well, so I think like most people, like I go through, uh, what is it? It's, I, I wouldn't call it depression, but you know when you're in a funk. Oh, uh, okay, yes. And and sometimes you don't. I don't feel like I can get out of that funk. Mm. Um, because I've I've never gone to a therapist to get diagnosed with depression but I do Mm -hmm. feel like if I did they probably would say Scarlett you have depression because I do go through those times where I feel like you know when you have that um feeling of deep despair that's the only way I could put it and so like I would say like in the beginning of the pandemic I cried and did not get out of bed for three days Mm. you know it was just like all, all of these things going at the same time and not knowing what's happening. And it was just like, and I was, um, 
I was a casualty of 2008 when the markets crashed and everyone mm. lost their jobs. And I saw that happening all over again. But then after those three days, it was like, all right, you got to get up. You got to, you got to take a shower yeah. <laughs> and just go through the motions until you feel better. And that's what I did. But, um, but the times when I did feel like other, like, you know, sometimes it just happens. Like sometimes I can't even explain it. Mm -hmm. It just, it just happens. And I have to just get through it. I'm really glad that you shared that because that's one of my other passions is sharing um, just about mental health for Black women and having them be more aware of their mental health and um, an advocate for their mental health. But I think, like you said, a lot of us, I struggled, honestly, with depression myself um, before my son was born. But most mm -hmm. definitely after my son was born, my postpartum depression is the depression that made me realize that my depression before was bad. And now this one we have to deal with. Um, yes. And I'm like, well, I'm just going to do these coping skills. But at some point um, you have to maybe ask for help, go to a therapist or whatever. But there are a lot of um, Black women who have what I call functional depression where yeah. we have this idea that depression is like laying on the couch and crying and eating a tub of ice cream and not getting anything done in life. When in reality, it's some of the most, the busiest people, the most mm -hmm. accomplished people, all of that, they feel depressed because sometimes it's like, I am always on, I'm always, you know, going on this treadmill and sometimes I have to stop. And when I stop, yeah. I am down. Like I'm all the way down. I'm not doing anything. Nothing's getting done because I was white knuckling it the whole time. So I'm really glad right. that you are sharing your experience, um, but also how you live through it, which is live through the day so that you can get to a place where you feel a little bit better because it's yeah. not going to last as long as exactly. you it last. And I've had moments where I didn't know what to do that I literally walk in circles. <laughs> like, I'm like literally in my room just walking in a circle. Like, what am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing? Mm -hmm. And um, and I have what I call like my own therapy sessions with myself where I will ask myself a question. And I'm like, Scarlett, are you being honest with yourself right now? And I it, I could be in my car and I will have my own little personal therapy session. And sometimes you lie to yourself. Oh, Scarlett out here <laughs> speaking the truth. Sometimes we lie to ourselves. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm just, if I was in my therapy room right now, this would be the moment where I would like go dead silent and just let the moment marinate. You know how therapists do give you that awkward mm -hmm. silence. <laughs> Because that is real. That is so very real. Um, for an, a little bit of a tip, how do you address your mental health so that other people can maybe try the same thing or kind of write some some tips down? Oh, boy. I, I don't know if I would be the right person for that because I have a hard time asking for help. So when people offer it, I'm just like, oh, wow. Like, it didn't even occur to me to ask. <laughs> So, cause I just feel like I live alone. Like I just have to do everything by myself. Um, and I also feel like no one would understand me. And I also don't like to talk about my problems or issues because at the same time, I'm like, I don't want to hear your issues. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to talk about mine. So I, I, 
I would say like the thing I do are like my little therapy sessions in my car where I, I ask myself like, Scarlett, why did you do that? Um, why, why did you put yourself in that position? And then I will answer that question out loud. And I, and when I answer it out loud, I dive, I dive deeper. Well, are you sure that's why you did it? Or did you do it? Because, you know, and I actually do this until I reach that aha moment, you know, where you peel back all the layers and then you get to the nugget. And I'm like, that's why. Mm. And sometimes I cry when I come up to that point where I'm just like, but it also, now that you know, like the reason why you did something, you made that choice, you know, why you allow certain people in your life, then you can fix it. You can now start to heal from it and forgive yourself for it. And that's the thing that I probably do the most is, and I say it all out loud. Like I've, um, I'm an introvert mm -hmm. and my mom said like, I've always talked to myself, like, I, and I will seriously just even in a store out in public, I'm talking to myself. I'm like, people must think I'm <laughs> like a weirdo. <laughs> but then I see other people doing it too. So exactly. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm not <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> so do you have anything to say to people who are fed up with their natural hair and are contemplating going back to relaxed hair? So I get it because I've been there. <laughs> I think we've all been there and even when I first, when I first cut off all my hair and started to understand my natural hair. And then when I saw like, oh my God, I have so much hair. I mm -hmm. ran and got a texturizer, which is really nothing but a mild relaxer. Mm -hmm. And um, thinking that that was going to make my hair uh, easier to manage. And it did it. It just damaged it. Okay. So I think one, we just have to better understand our hair one of the drawbacks or downsides of the natural hair community is a lot of youtubers and it's not their fault I, it's probably because we just didn't know better yeah added too many layers and too many steps yes so it, it you know when i hear people who are using like five six seven different products in their hair and this like their process is just this long two day thing. And I was like, that's too much or doing too much. And I think that's what it is that one, we need to first understand our hair, understand what our hair should and shouldn't do. And I say that because if your hair is low porosity and you want your hair to look like someone who is medium porosity, like it's just, you know, just understanding like how to make that happen or, if you are a type 4C and you want your hair to look type 3A, you know, it's like, we just have to start appreciating what our hair is, how it grows out of our heads, mm -hmm. but also learning the porosity level. I, I come back to porosity because I feel like that's the most important thing and we don't understand our porosity level and low porosity hair is very frustrating. And I feel like once you understand that and how to work with your hair, it, it gets a little bit easier. Um, but it's also just if you and if you want to go back to a relaxer, there's nothing wrong with that as well. Like it's really about your lifestyle. Um, one of my sisters, she has even more hair than me, and she tried it and she was like, "Nope, <laughs> it's not for me. Can't do it." 
She's like, I got way too much hair. She's like, yes, not, not, I can't do it. She, I think she went like a year without a relaxer. She's like, no, not at all. So I get it. I get it mm-hmm. that it, it can be a lot to work with. But the good thing is that products are getting better, technology. So it always took me three hours to do my hair. And I just bought a new blow dryer, which cut the drying time in half. <laughs> blow dryers like, can really change your life if you have a good one. Yeah, like I, I invested in a good blow dryer and I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I could get this done in half the time. Like, so, and then and then plus I only wash my hair once a week too. So I say to people, if you invest that time in your hair on your wash day, the rest of your week is just easy breezy. Like I don't touch my hair aside from just putting it up in a bun and taking it back down. Mm-hmm. So it's really just learn your hair. And if you relax it, you can always cut it all off and go back to natural and try it again. Mm-hmm. So it don't feel like you failed either. I love that. I think um, my, my hope and my goal is that for uh, everyone, every woman to be able to self-actualize and choose their own fate and choose their own hairstyle and feel comfortable in that um and not feel like so there's a big I guess there's I guess it's split the natural hair community and like well if you're natural you might as well like go all the way natural and Mm -hmm. very strict rules on what natural looks like and who's natural who's not and who's permless versus permless and heatless all the things to separate and divide and ultimately I'm hoping that we just begin to let every woman choose their own hair and stop having opinions about the way that other people choose to live and and show themselves to the world. Hear, hear. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you so very much, Scarlett, for joining me on the Wash Day Podcast. You are an amazing guest. First of all, you are always you. welcome back at any point in time. Oh. Your conversational style is perfect. Um, And I love that you were able to just share openly. So thank you very much for giving of yourself today. It was my pleasure. I love this. And if I can inspire just one person. So I feel like I've done my job. Um, And I also, I just want to make sure that other people listening know whatever you're feeling, whatever you're thinking, like it's okay. Mm-hmm. we've all been there we've been frustrated too we've all I've wanted to chop it all off and I have and I wanted to relax it and I have and but it, and it took me several years of doing this to for me to finally appreciate my hair thank you so much for joining me today I thoroughly enjoyed that conversation with Scarlett I, you know as a therapist I am going to latch right on to someone coping and talking to themselves in the way that she was doing. And she actually gave a look into what her wash day routine looks like with not just doing your hair. She was asking herself the tough questions. Why do I feel this way about myself? How do I feel this way about myself? Do I have reasons to feel this way about myself? What is that about? What does that mean for me? And that is what this show is about. It's about asking yourself those tough questions on wash day while you're already there. You're already there in a vulnerable place, doing your hair, trying to find a way to love yourself and your hair. 
why not just ask yourself those few extra questions about your mental health? And also, she made a very good connection between the experience of having natural hair and mood stuff, like feeling depressed sometimes, and that depression impacting the way you take care of your hair or even want to take care of your hair. Because I know when I'm not feeling it, I have zero time or zero energy for my own hair. While you are having your wash days, I want you to look inside, double check, check your soul, ask yourself those hard questions. And I'm sure you're probably wondering why it is my passion for this to happen. Aside from, yes, it's an entry point into addressing mental health concerns and even finding the language to describe how you feel about something emotionally. I was previously inspired by a quote, a Nina Simone quote, and I'm going to read it. My job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they're into and what is already there. And just to bring it out, this is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by any means necessary. Thank you for tuning in to Deeply Rooted with Dr. Kratisa. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to share and support the podcast, please subscribe, leave a rating and a review, and share the show with family and friends. And remember, on wash day, don't just wash your hair. Check your soul. Thanks for listening to the show. This is brought to you by Alive Podcast Network.